Ladies and gentlemen, thank you again so much for listening to another episode of Let's Talk 20s. For episode 7, I have my good friend Steven, and we kind of dive into uh, relationships and how they change over time. And we broke it down into categories with parents, friends, and significant others. Um, If you guys enjoy the podcast, please comment uh, future topics you want to uh, listen to. And if you'd like to be on an episode, please DM me on Snapchat or Instagram um, and let me know if you want to be on one. Uh, Share this with your friends and uh, hopefully you guys enjoy this episode. And without further ado, let's get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk 20s. Episode 7 here, we are trying to be a little more consistent with uploading. Um, Unfortunately, I decided to get COVID, um, and uh, that's why it's been a little bit delayed since my last upload. But I am here with a great friend of mine from Georgia. I'm with my friend, Steven. Steven, what's up, man? Hey, Tanner. Thanks for having me on, man. Absolutely. Absolutely, my man. What, uh, What have you been up to? What's going on with you? What is going on with me? Um, just general adulting stuff, you know, all all that fun stuff, <laughs> um, work and and paying rent and you know all that really riveting, exciting, juicy stuff. Juicy stuff, <laughs> yeah. Where are you where are you at right now? So um, I recently, I guess recently, time kind of flies, but I guess six months ago, I finally got my um, own apartment in Alpharetta. I'd been living um, with my parents in Canton, Georgia. Um, after I graduated for a couple of years to save up some money. So I'm finally doing my own thing. Um, I do have a roommate, which just happens to be my brother as well. Uh, so I guess he's my brother first and then my roommate <laughs> nice, second. Nice. <laughs> but, nice. Um, so yeah, I've been, I've been doing my own thing for a little while now, getting my, uh, getting my feet wet and, you know, just living the, living the life. <laughs> yeah. How's that? Um, how's having your own place from, out of college versus in college with your roommates. How, how has that been different or similar for you? Oh, it's so different. I mean, I guess firstly, it's just like, I don't know my, I, I mean, I grew up with my brother. We lived together, you know, for so long. And so like, you know, I guess living under the same roof, we have the same living habits, that sort of thing. So it's like been really easy. Whereas like with college roommates, um, you know, they grew up in different environments. And so, you know, there was, there's a little bit of butting heads and, and, you know, ditches in the sink, you know, the, the habits, you know, that, that yeah. people don't necessarily uh, share that, that made it a little more difficult. So it's been great, honestly. Well, that's awesome, man. That is awesome. Um, go ahead and tell people uh, how we met in our relationship over the years and all that good stuff. Yeah, definitely. So um, I, we met in high school. I mean, uh, you were in the band and I had a lot of friends who were in the band, even though I wasn't in the band myself, it was kind of a a by proxy thing. Like a bunch of my friends were in it. So uh, I guess we became acquainted more. So just through, through them, I would hang out with them and you would be there. And I, you know, I took note, I'm like, okay, like this guy seems pretty cool. He seems pretty chill. And then I think just from there, um, you know, we started hanging out at more, more gatherings, that sort of thing, got to talking and um, you know, just, I think we got along really well and just, you know, for lack of a better word, we, we vibed, you know, all that. (laughs) And then, um, obviously for college, we went our separate ways. Um, you went to Auburn and I went to, to Georgia, but, um, there was still a couple of times where you came down to Athens and and visited, which were really nice. (laughs) Um, Oh my God. Uh, Great times. Great times. uh, Oh my God. You know, what's funny is that, um, uh, Connor and I will 
pretty much every time we catch up, if it has been a while since we talked, we'll, we'll catch up on the phone. And we always somehow get to that um, one night when we um, all came to UGA and David came to your apartment and crashed at your place. And Connor, I stayed out later, but you fell asleep before Connor and I were able to get back. So Connor and I decided to try to sleep in my car, even though we were wasted. And yeah, it was probably the worst night of my life, but hilarious looking <laughs> back on it. It was so, so bad. And we were soaking wet too, because we jumped in a fountain downtown. So we're oh soaking my. wet and yeah, it was just... Yeah. That's okay. What they say the 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 bad days make the best stories later on, right? <laughs> yeah, it, it's funny looking back, but in the moment, it was it was hell. Um, <laughs> so for the topic today, Stephen, what are what are we discussing? So we're discussing um, relationships, and I don't mean just in terms of significant others, which I mean that's part of it, but also. Um, you know, your authoritative relationships, you know, at least growing up with your, with your parents, you know, with your, your teachers, I guess, or, you know, now coming into your, your bosses and then um, as well as like, you know, general friendships and and that sort of thing, how the, uh, you know, how your twenties takes a, uh, takes these things and it really throws them into a whirlwind and you're kind of trying to figure everything out as you go along and it can be crazy. Um, But yeah, just relationships overarching. We're going to tackle yeah. the entire topic of relationships today in this one podcast. Buckle wow, that, that is – you heard it here, folks. Uh, powerful words by by our guest, Stephen, here. Um, but, yeah, it, you, you said it perfectly. It is uh, a whirlwind because, you know, you have your parents, for example, who obviously are up until your adulthood kind of – I don't want to say in control of what you do, but – pretty much and they have a watchful eye over you they want what's best for you and then as you get older and you become your own adult they kind of have to take a step back and realize that you know you're making your own decisions for yourself and for good or better um or for better or worse i mean um and then with your friends you know it's like a respect and hierarchy thing with all these different kinds of relationships that kind of get thrown around then you have your bosses and adult jobs and this and that so yeah it I completely agree with you on that statement. Um, let's go and hop into it, Stephen. Question number one, in regards to parents, in a general way, uh, how did your relationship change with your parents over these last few years? Yeah, so um, I wouldn't say that I have uh, overbearing parents. Like, you know, definitely, um, you know, they, they cared and, and then definitely, you know, wanted to be the best influences that they could. And they... They, you know, they tried to keep me out of trouble, um, you know, more so they, they cared, you know, which I can look back on now. And, and maybe at the time in high school, I was always, you know, like, uh, why are they so overbearing, whatever? I don't think they were hard on me. I think it's just a, a timing thing. But I guess now, um, now that I've graduated college, now that I have my own income, I'm paying for my own place, you know, I'm paying rent. Um, it's just, it's, it's, it's different. It's not necessarily, um, you know, any better or any worse i think there's good and there's there's bad to everything um you know on one hand it's you know they're not they're not taking care of me they're not um you know necessarily they're there if i you know need it but i think there's a lot of things too that they're gonna say you know you need to figure this out on your own and kind of um you know you become your own person do that so that part's a little bit harder but then of course there's the um you know it's not necessarily the 
I, I don't feel like they're they're controlling my life anymore. I'm making my own decisions and I can still go over there and talk to them. And it's not like, you know, are you keeping your, your grades up? That sort of thing. It's just, you know, how have you been? You know, how are you doing? And it's more, um, you know, more banterful and less like uh, interrogative, I guess. So I, I think there's, there's, there's good and there's bad for sure. Um, you know, as that, that, that's changed as I've, you know, become more independent. And, and I think that, you know, a lot of people probably experience that. Um, and I think of course, like it's, it's not cookie cutter, you know, some parents are going to continue to be that way. And some, you know, from the start weren't necessarily the most, uh, involved in, in, you know, keeping track and maintaining of their, their child's activities, but, um, it's just how it's going to go. And that's just how my personal experience has been. Yeah, absolutely, man. So once you, once you all understood that your decisions are yours to make, uh, how did that change their kind of not necessarily control, but watch over you? Yeah, I think, I think part of it, um, and I, I guess I have an interesting, um, perspective in the sense that so after college um i did go back home and live with them for a little bit you know obviously um i guess at that point i was 20 years old and i lived there until i was um until i was you know i guess till i was 22 or 23 i'm trying to think about the math right now but anyway that's not important um so there was a little <laughs> bit of an in-between where i was still living under their roof and i still had to respect their boundaries respect their rules but there wasn't necessarily like um, okay, you need to be back by 10 o'clock curfew. It's, you know, if you come in late, make sure you lock the door and, you know, try not to wake us up kind of thing. Um, so it's just it's this, the, the respect is there. You know, they trust me as an adult. You know, I, I was necessarily a bad kid, but <laughs> you know, I, I broke the rules from time to time, I guess, you know, especially compared to my brother. So it was a little more um, combative when it came to, to going out and, and doing things like that. But you know, now, um, you know, when I was living there, it, it got a lot better. And then now, of course, now that I'm, um, you know, by myself, I, I, I've, I've talked to them um, about this and it's more, you know, I think you just have to sit down and have a conversation and, and, you know, you know, realize where you guys are at at this point. Like, you know, you still respect their, their wishes and they can still give me advice and everything, but I don't necessarily have to do what they say because I'm, you know, self-sufficient. Sure. Well, has, uh, their relationship towards you kind of turned from um, a traditional parent role to more of a mentor slash friend, uh, someone that can be there for you um, if you need advice and there to kind of guide you through things, but not, not necessarily control or tell you exactly how you need to do it. Yeah, I would say, yeah, that's, that's a good way to look at it. More of a mentor mentee type deal um, where they're, yeah, they're guiding me or, you know, if I'm really stuck on something and I need some, some expert advice from someone that's been around the block a little more than me, um, you know, I can always reach out to, to my mom or my dad, you know, for financial advice for that sort of thing. I mean, they're always really willing to help with that, but, um, yeah, it's not so, so much, you know, you have to do this, you have to do that. They're going to say, you know, we suggest that you do this. And, you know, most of the time I, I trust what they're saying. Cause like I said, they've got more experience than me. So um, in those situations, it's really helpful um, to have them more in that, that mentor role. Yeah. That was something that my, my parents also, um, my parents also took that role as well. That transition, obviously it wasn't um, from point A to point B. It was kind of a um, transition to that mentor, mentory 
kind of relationship. But uh, once we we've been at that point, a lot of the things that traditionally maybe cause tension or things that um, we didn't necessarily see eye to eye on uh, dissipated or at least weren't as, um, you know, detrimental when it was brought up and all that. And I think it's really important that um, for, at least for my relationship with my parents, it, it really helped um, to kind of have the same, if not even more respect for my parents as I've gotten older because they're not controlling. They let me make my decisions, but you know, if I need their help or guidance or anything like that, they're they're more than willing to um, help me out. So, cool. Uh, what sh- what changes did you notice you made for your relationship with your parents? Uh, was it more of a natural transition, or did you have to uh, set those boundaries with your parents? I think it was it was a little bit of both, to be honest with you. I mean, I could definitely tell um, that they were more respecting of you know. You know, the man I'm becoming at this point, you know, that I'm, that I'm garnering this responsibility. You know, I've been living by myself, going to college. Um, you know, I made it through college. <laughs> I passed. I got my degree. You know, that wasn't Bad necessarily uh, pretty every day, but, you know, I was able to, to make it through. And, you know, that's that's me. No one can take that away from me. That was me. And I think they recognized that, um, you know, that, that takes a pretty responsible uh, person to do. And, you know, even if you don't go to college, I think, you know, I think, as you start to to garner more responsibility, your parents would realize that. But but anyway, um, yeah, I think part of it was natural, but but there were also par- portions as well where, um, again, particularly when I was living under their roof, where I needed to sit down and say, um, you know, if, if I said I'm going to go do this for you know uh, a week, as opposed to saying you know can I go do this, I'm going to say you know I needed to sit down with them and say, you know, I'm an adult now I'm living here. I'm going to be respectful of your space, but at the same time, like I'm not going to ask for permission um, unless I really do think that I need it. And and I would sit down and talk to them about it in those sort of gray area spaces. But um, yeah, I think, I think most of it was natural, but I think you do still need to have that kind of those conversations to make sure you're on the same page because it's a two way street and, you know, you need to respect them if they're, you know, going to respect you as well. Well said. Yeah. Those, the, the gray areas, that's funny. You said you, you didn't need their permission, but if you felt like it was necessary, you would ask them. Cause, uh, I definitely at times did, uh, not ask for permission when I probably should have, but all right, this is a tough question. Kind of, sort of, um, for those who, may not have the best relationship with their parents, but want to become closer to them, uh, what advice would you give? That's tough. Um, I don't think, I mean, I, I guess and there's had, not a correct answer, you know, I mean, there's, yeah, yeah, for sure. I think th- th- there's been times in my life where, uh, you know, I, I feel like I've always had a good relationship with them they've always you know we've always loved each other it's always been great of course um but there's always those those moments of strain or um you know adversity if you will so in those kinds of moments where you know maybe i did something reckless or you know i I betrayed their trust a little i i lied to them to go you know hang out with this person you know do something like that um you know it, it can cause some strain and some trust issues and i think um the, the way that we we got over those was just like really 
you know, I, I think the best way that I, that I see it is, is you kind of put yourself um, into their headspace and, you know, think if, if you had a kid and um, you didn't know where they were and something happened to them, you know, that's, that's, you know, you're there, you're, you're there, um, essentially that you're their investment, they're investing in you, they're investing their time, their love, their resources, their, you know, so if something that you've invested in, you've put so much love and um, effort into is it, going out and, you know, that they're, you know, doing something risky or dangerous, or you don't know where they are and something happens and like, yeah, they're going to be a little bit, um, you know, short with you when you get back and, and they found out you were lying to them because it's, it's, it's because they care. And I think that's just what you have to realize as you put yourself into that headspace and, and realize like they only do that. They only get upset with you. They only, you know, are hard on you, um, because they care or, um, you know, in most cases, of course, I, I can't speak for, for everybody, but I think that's just kind of the, the parental, uh, you just, you get this guardian angel uh, complex, if you will, with your children and, and you want to protect them at all costs. And then sometimes that the emotions get the best of them and they get angry, but it's not necessarily, uh, you know, angry at you. It's angry at what you did and, and almost beating up on themselves because they're wondering, you know, what did we do that prompted our child to betray our trust kind of thing. So it's just all those factors together. I think I kind of ran it a little bit, but just putting yourself into their headspace, I think is the best way. You read my mind, man. Cause honestly, I was going to say something um, extremely similar. I was going to say that because we're so used to our parents just being been friends uh, with somebody since elementary school, since, you know, before that, or you had just met them in, you know, in high school or in, in college or, you know, wherever, um, as you're getting to this age, I mean, it, it's very, uh, you know, it's very quick that something can, can take, you know, someone that you, that you know, that you're used to, that you see all the time and, you know, they meet somebody and they fall in love and they get married and they move, you know, hundreds of miles away or, you know, a job opportunity takes them across the country. And then all of a sudden it goes from, um, this person that you've been seeing all the time to now someone that, you know, it, it, you really have to make a, a concerted effort to go see, or you'll see them when they come to visit or that sort of thing. Um, and, and it can, it can alter the relationship big time. Like, um, you know, maybe somebody gets busy and they're not necessarily keeping up, um, as much as you would think that they would. And then, um, you know, you start to, to wonder whether they've moved on, whether they stop caring about you, but it's more or less just a, you know, they're, they've got so much else going on that, you know, you're not, you know, you might not be able to talk to them as much as you used to, and you're going to have to kind of get used to that and, and alter your relationships to this, the situation. Um, like my best friend, um, you know, he moved to, you know, a, another state, 10 hours away by car after college um, with his fiance at the time. And now they're, they're married and they moved a little bit closer, but still far away. And it's just like, you know, I, I used to hang out with him every day. I used to live in my neighborhood and now, you know, I'll, I'll text him and, and, you know, talk to him and, and see him, you know, a couple times a year, but it's just, it's, it's so different. And um, that's just going to happen. I think, um, you know, as you get older, that's just going to keep happening as people start to, you know, build their own lives. Yeah, absolutely. Every everyone's starting to uh starting to begin their their own their own life. And uh it's it's a balance of staying in touch enough where, you know, you can catch up and see what the other person's doing and then 
you know, very closely in line is, is falling out of touch, which is unfortunately something that I have experienced once or twice since college, since I've gone to college is, you know, how often is enough to keep in touch with someone. There's some people I could, you know, call after not talking for three, four months and it'd be completely natural and, you know, cool to catch up and then, and then we'll hang up and, well, we won't talk again for a few weeks or months at a time, but, but then there's some people where, uh, you know, you don't talk for a month or so, and then it's it's like they fell off the face of the earth, which I find very interesting. What qualities do you value more in friends now as you've gotten older, Stephen? Um, that's a tough one. I think, you know, yeah, I guess in particular in you know your younger years, you're looking for someone that will, um, you know, that has the same, you know, they like the same things. You do the same things, you know, you both play a sport. And so you end up, you know, on the same baseball team or something like that. And, and, you know, you like to hang out with them because they share a lot of the same interests. But I think, um, you know, as you get older, it's inevitable that particularly with these older friends that they're going to develop their own interests. So you kind of have to start latching on to more, um, you know, are they, you know, do you share the same, you know, moral values? Are they actually a good person? I mean, there's a few people in particular, of course, I won't name names, but where, um, as no, I've gotten it. older, I've realized, <laughs> oh yeah, I've got a list right here. <laughs> no, but go ahead, keep going. <laughs> no, but I mean, you just realize that their path, the, the path that they're going down, you know, the decisions they're making, the things they're doing aren't the things you want to be surrounding yourself or your, you know, future family with or um you know that sort of thing so it, it can be tough because you could have had a lot of good times with this person but um you know it might be necessary to uh you know keep in less contact or or you know lose contact altogether you know because they 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 have these you know overarching um you know traits that you find you know that, that you don't want to put yourself around and i'm not talking about like um you know, political views, that sort of thing. I think, you know, people can get along, um, you know, with having different views on um, certain things. It's just the, those general um, moral values, I think, is the biggest thing. Um, you know, just if you feel like somebody is, you know, not going down the path you want to see yourself down, then you don't want to surround yourself with them. And I think that's kind of how I um, look at it, really. Yeah. I would agree with you on that um it's more so like you said what what you value it's not necessarily things that you have in common with people but what, way of thinking is kind of similar because that's for the friendships that have lasted from high school onward um it's because of that seeing eye to eye in certain things and kind of having the same kind of viewpoints on life which is really important so steven have you had to cut off toxic friends and then how do you go about doing so for someone who needs to do that right now so i definitely have been in that situation before and, and it can be tough like kind of kind of like i was sort of saying before you know it's someone you've shared you know you maybe had some good times with them um in school or um you know extracurricularly something like that and um you know as you've grown older as they've grown older um you've just realized that you know maybe they're asking you know things of you 
and they wouldn't do the same for you in return. It's less of a um, symbiotic relationship. And, and it, don't get me wrong, there's give and take in, in relationships in general. Like sometimes you're going to need to give a little bit more um, when you have that capacity. And, you know, sometimes when, when, when you're in a bad spot, then the other person, you know, in theory should be willing to you know, push a little bit more your way. But I think a truly parasitic relationship where you're, um, you know, you're doing all these things for this person and, you know, they say, okay, I'll pay you back for this or, um, you know, I'll, I'll definitely, I'll get you back for this. And then you find yourself in some situation and they just seem to drop off the face of the earth. Then that's something I think that you need to, you know, you need to reevaluate um, the, the time that you spend with that person. And I think that the best way to, do that. Firstly, um, I don't. I don't believe in ultimatums. Um, I don't think you should say you need to change or else because I don't particularly think that works. I think you just, you need to sit down with them. You know, firstly, and tell them how you feel and uh, why the things that they're doing make you upset, and you know, really let them know because sometimes they might just truly not understand or get it. But um, if you have that conversation with them once, maybe twice, and you know, it, it, it gets better for a while and then it goes back and you fall back into the same habits, then uh, maybe it's time to, to just, you know, when that person reaches out to you as much as it can be difficult, you know, not respond to them or, you know, even block them in some cases because it just doesn't seem like that person wants to put in the same effort that you're putting in. And it can be tough, but that's what you have, um, you know, hopefully your other support system for to, you know, at that point, talk to them about it. And, you know, even though there's a little bit of a hole in uh, your life where that person was filling, you should have your, um, you know, your other support system could hopefully help fill that hole by just kind of talking it through with them. And, you know, eventually that person becomes an afterthought, at least in my experience. But um, I don't know about you, but um, and when, when that has happened, it's, you know, I don't really think about these people that much anymore. And honestly, it's kind of freeing. <laughs> Yeah, I would, I would say the same thing. Once, uh, once you cut them off, because it, it's honestly more draining and more energy consuming by trying to keep that relationship alive versus just cutting them off, or maybe you stop trying to reach out to them so much, and then you realize, oh, oh they haven't texted me in a few weeks. That proves how much they, you know, think about me. So. At least that's I'm not like I purposely test people, but if I realize that I'm putting way more effort and I don't necessarily have the closest relationship with them to start, um, and then they don't reach out to me, I you know why why am I still friends with you if you don't truly care about me? Right. Um, and like I, I guess a question for you, like have have you yeah. had that and and you know, with yourself and, and did you feel responsible at all? Like, even though, um, you know, you can look back maybe and think, wow, this, I was putting in way more effort. Did, did you still feel like a part of it was your fault? And how did you get over that? Did it ever feel like me, um, losing a toxic friend was my fault? No, not, not necessarily. I mean, it, it's always a two way street, right? They could say that I didn't reach out to them as much as they wanted or blah, blah, blah. But like I previously stated, there's people that I could also reach out to um, after weeks or months at a time and, and call and act like we, you know, saw each other uh, the other day. So, no, I, I've definitely had to cut off people before, um, but I don't think any of them were necessarily my fault. I just 
personally realized it sooner than they did about how, you know, we don't see eye to eye in certain things and, you know, our relationship maybe isn't beneficial to either of us. And, you know, we, we don't really need to continue being friends or significant others or whatever it was and uh, decided to cut them off. But no, I, I, I try to keep in mind, you know, what's better for me. Cause in the past I've held on to people um, longer than I needed to. And like I said, it's either one, two draining or two. I knew the whole time that they were kind of uh, using me or, um, you know, that they weren't necessarily having my best interest in their mind. And I continue to be their friend or continue to date them or whatever the case was. And, and it's just not healthy for me. So why am I, why am I putting myself through that strain when I don't have to, you know? Right. Yeah. And and that's, that's good. Um, I guess just in terms of like, you know, it's not necessarily anything that I've experienced, but just things that I've heard where with toxic relationships, you know, and a lot of the reason people fall back into them is because the other person maybe makes them feel like it's, it's their fault. Maybe they did, they feel like you feel like you did something wrong or they, you know, you weren't acting the right way and you drove them to be this way or you drove them um, away from you. And I think just you know, for people feeling that way, I think um, it's definitely helps to, to have people to talk to about that sort of thing um, and believe your friends. Like, yeah. I don't know. I think most of the time you know, in, in some of those cases, you can think, you know, maybe, oh, they're just telling me what I want to hear. But no, I, I think your friends, you know, your, your true friends will be honest with you. And if they're saying that, you know, truly, this person was, was taking advantage of you. This was toxic. It's not your fault. Then, then do your best to believe them or, you know, talk to a professional or something like that. Because um, I know that that's how toxic relationships redevelop is that oh, yeah. you start to, to question whether or not it was your fault and you fall back into those old habits. Oh yeah. The guilt card, dude, like that is probably the most disgusting trait that someone can do is if you can convince someone that, you know, something that truly isn't their fault, you know, you, you convince them that it is their fault. I, I think that is like the worst thing you can do to someone's mental health in general. And that's going to fuck them up for future relationships too. But yeah. Guys and girls, because girls can be, you know, manipulative and, and vice versa with, with guys too. But I think uh, the guilt card, playing a guilt card on someone is just, you know, not, not, not okay whatsoever, man. Um, this is another two-parter. Do you think uh, social media has forced you to keep relationships with certain friends? And uh, have you noticed any benefits in terms of your relationship with friends due to uh, social media? Um, I think it can be great in the sense that, you, you know, you know what people are up to and not necessarily like, you know, the people that, um, you know, you talk to all the time. Cause I think with or without social media, the people that I really want to keep up with, I'll keep up with. But, um, in terms of like, you know, friends from high school and, you know, friends from college and, and sort of, you know, maybe I think there's been a couple of times where, um, you know, this is kind of a specific scenario, but they'll, they'll post something, you know, you know, it's saying that they're back in town, whatever, you know, and, and, you know, kind of nearby and it, and it kind of, you know, sometimes if, if you feeling like you, you want to see if you can reconnect with that person, that can be beneficial. Like, you know, they're around and, and you would not have without the social media. So, um, I think personally, um, it doesn't necessarily affect, um, 
my long-term, my very close relationships, but I think with acquaintances, it can be very helpful. And, you know, even in some cases, turning those, you know, used to be acquaintances now into, you know, closer friends. So um, I think it, it has, you know, it can have positive and it can have negative impacts. I think it just depends on um, how you look at it. Cause I guess negatively speaking, if you're now, um, you know, seeing these people, all of these people you used to knew, used to know, excuse me. Um, and they're, you know, they're all getting married. They're, they all have these perfect looking lives and you're feeling like, you know, if you're not necessarily in that situation, you're, you're questioning whether or not you, you know, are in the right place in your life. I think comparing yourself is very bad in that regard with, with, with those relationships, but I think it can also be helpful in rekindling them. So I think you just have to be um, quick with everything, uh, careful about how much you use it for that sort of thing um, and, and how much you, you read into what you're seeing because you know, with social media, it's, you know, people will let you see what they want you to see a lot of the time. It's not going to be the, the nitty gritty details, the dirt, all that stuff. So you need to be, tread carefully i think but also yeah i think it's good to utilize sometimes i would uh say you hit the nail on the head my brother um and then there's sometimes where i'm scrolling on instagram is probably the well it is the social media that i use the most and i'll come across someone's picture i'm like i haven't talked to this person in you know xyz so much time has passed since the last time I reached out to him. Why am I still following them on social media? But you're right. It's definitely good to kind of like keep tabs uh, with people that, you know, you are acquaintances with 100%. Uh, what lessons have you learned about friendships and your relationship with friends uh, since, let's say, since high school, your early adulthood? Um, lessons, I, I guess it's it's definitely like with everything um i think you get into it what you put out of it or excuse me i think i said that wrong I said, you get out of it what you put into it <laughs> you know what i meant yeah. um, <laughs> but um i mean if you're not in, investing time and effort you know compassion love whatever into you know any friendship um or a, any relationship in general then that's not what you you know you should be expecting to get out of it either. If you don't um, keep up with somebody, if you don't you know make them feel like um, you know you're still invested in their lives, then what reason did they have to be invested in yours? So I think um, like everything, you know, relationships need to be maintained, and, 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 it, and it can vary. Uh, like you had mentioned before, I think there's some people where you cannot talk for a few months, and you talk to them, and you pick up where you left off, and I think as long as you guys are on the same page that's great. And that's that kind of relationship. But I think with, with other ones, um, you know, if you want to, you know, maintain those relationships with your closest friends, then, you know, you're going to need to uh, really, you know, put in your half of the work as, as they do as well um, to, to make that, you know, continue to work because every day you're going through changes, they're going through changes. So um, sometimes those changes can directly interfere with, the relationship that you've built and you need to, you know, work on that, work through that and adapt your relationship accordingly, I think. And, you know, that, that takes effort and time. And if you don't put that in, then, um, you know, you're not going to get out of it what you, you know, what you haven't put in, I guess. <laughs> yeah. If I can add to that too, I would say also something that, that I learned 
uh, I started learning towards the end of high school too, is that realizing that not everyone has the same habits and kind of values I do, but that doesn't make them uh, less of a friend or less of a person as me. You know, some people didn't necessarily have the same values on, on friendships and relationship with others that I do. And just because that's the case, or we may not see eye to eye on a thing or two, it doesn't mean that the whole friendship needs to go out the door. And once I've had a wider acceptance for little things like that, that used to bother me, it my variety of friends and friendships and the personal connections that I have with my uh, guy friends, girlfriends, you know, close friends, all that stuff, um, it's significantly improved. So I know that it's hard and sometimes um, I'm guilty of this. In the past, I used to be extremely nitpicky of who my friends were because I wanted my friends obviously to have all the same exact interests and values and, you know, hobbies or this and that. So we had a lot in common, but as I've gotten older, it's not necessarily maybe what you have in common with your friends, but it can be more so of the, the values or the personality traits because that that's who a person is, you know, hobbies, you can drop hobbies or, lose interest in something over time, but your personality and what you value um, is your core of who you are. So once you come to realize that some people are just different than you, but that doesn't mean that you can't be friends with them. Um, Would you agree with that, Stephen? Yeah, right on. I think you hit the nail on the head. I think it's, I mean, definitely surround yourself with with a variety of people with a variety of interests, I think, as long as, as they're good people, because I mean, um, you know, personally, I'm, I'm somebody that likes to, to try everything. So it's nice when I meet people that have these different perspectives and do these different things. And they're like, hey, you know, I, I guess just to spitballing off the top of my head, like, w- would you like to try disc golfing with me sometime? And like, I, I was like, what is that? And, and I learned it. And now that's something that I do all the time. And it's do just you? like, you know, yeah. It is. And it's like something I never would have, you know, even thought of if I didn't have a friend that had a different, you know, that's not a sport that I grew up playing. Right. But, you know, I think I think having friends with with well-rounded backgrounds and different interests is a good thing. I think it, it encourages you to try new things and, and put yourself out there. Yeah. And then also that can transition to uh, viewpoints, too. You know, it can help not saying that you are wrong or that your viewpoints are wrong, but having friends that maybe have different viewpoints on certain things or, you know, when they're giving you advice or telling you things that you didn't necessarily consider and you're like, huh, I never thought of it like that. Those are the kind of friends that um, can really help you grow as a person as well, which, you know, your best and closest friends, that's kind of, at least for me, like a, a the foundation of it is us growing, growing up together and kind of supporting each other through um, good and bad. And having someone with a different viewpoint and all that can really help you kind of become a more rounded person in general. For sure. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of way I, the way I think about it is like, you know, I think people should use their, their activities and their interests to, um, you know, put themselves out there to expose themselves to new people, but not necessarily use those same criteria to determine whether or not you're going to you know be good friends, remain friends with them. I think it's a good way to meet people, but right. you know, Stay open-minded as well, for sure. Absolutely, man. Well, that's actually a good transition to this next question here is uh, how have your good friends helped you through your adulthood up to this point? So much. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even, I can't the even boys. describe it. Yeah, the boys, the, I mean, the, the, 
the girls that are friends, the girls that were girlfriends. I mean, everybody, I, I think everybody, um, that, you know, I've interacted with that I've ever had a relationship with, you know, impacts your life in some way. And I think obviously to different extents, but, um, w- with my friends in particular, you know, um, your peers are, are oftentimes going through, um, the same or similar experiences as you, um, or have been in the past. And, and so it's really nice to have that added perspective, whether it's, um, you know, a, a misery loves company sort of thing with the, oh, wow, this, this exam is really hard, but you know, my friend's also going through it. We can help each other study versus, um, you know, I got a, uh, I don't know. I'm just, this isn't a real scenario, but, um, you know, there's <laughs> like an, ins- like a, a rental insurance related question. And like, Oh, I've never had a rental car, but I know my friend did. Let me ask about them. Or I have this friend that, that, that does insurance. I don't know that, that sort of thing. You just, your friends are, um, you know, they, they kind of can fill in the holes that you don't necessarily, um, have because I mean, nobody is all knowing. And I think even collectively, um, every person in the world, of course, we wouldn't know everything, but it's nice to have all those different, um, you know, your friends and perspectives to just give you advice and also just be a shoulder when you need it. And and even, um, you know, when they're talking to you about one of their experiences and you're helping them through, I think, you know, even, um, you know, consoling somebody or giving somebody advice that helps you grow as a person too. It's not just them. Um, you, you feel more, you know, you feel comfortable giving them that advice and, you know, as you're kind of talking it through with them, you know, you might realize some, some things about yourself as well. So, um, I think just, just making sure that you, um, I guess you, you use your wide variety, um, of support and, um, you know, you utilize them and you talk to, to different people about things, you know, not necessarily get the same perspectives on everything. Um, and that's helped me through a lot of adversity is that I have a, you know, pretty, uh, I think I'm lucky that I have a wide, diverse group of, of friends that I can talk to about things. Great points, Stephen. Great points, my man. Um, well, that sums up the uh, the friend category. Surely there's nothing else that uh, that needs to be talked about with friendships, right? Nope. That's, that's everything that's ever happened to anybody. We summed <laughs> it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Glad, glad we're in agreement here. Um <laughs> Moving on to uh, relationships with significant others, something that I know a hunk like you knows all about here. Um, So, Stephen, how has your relationship with significant others changed from, let's say, your relationships that you would have in high school versus if you were dating someone now or are dating someone now? Um, how How has that changed for you? Yeah. I mean, I think, first of all, I'll put this, you know, this is my disclaimer on everything I say, I'll say it you know, a million times, you know, everybody's different. Everybody's going to have different perspectives, experiences, etc. Like no one person's the same. And that's, that's the beauty of it. Uh, yep. But, you know, with me personally, my high school relationships, that's all they were, were, you know, high school relationships. I know people um, are high school sweethearts and, and, you know, things even before that. I think that's just something though, you know, if you're you know, with that person and you would know. I did not have that experience. So, you know, with my, with my relationships in high school, you know, I was just trying to, uh, learn more about myself, you know, of course, you know, treat them well and, you know, understand what I liked and what I wanted to get out of a relationship. And, um, I, I guess in college that sort of transitioned more to, um, I guess in, in that headspace, I was thinking, you know, more serious, more long-term, um, and, you know, 
at the end of the day, that's not what happened. But um, I had a, a couple relationships in college and one that was, that was pretty serious. Um, and, you know, I, I learned, you know, the most about myself, I think from that one, of course, it was the longest and, um, you know, I got pretty emotionally invested and, and that at that point, you know, in my life, I was ready to, you know, consider starting to talk about like the future. Um, but I guess as, as the future rolled around, as we got closer to that point, I realized that, um, personally, I'm not ready for that. And I don't think she was either. And, and so now, um, for the past couple of years, I've been, I've been riding solo, um, and just something that I've never tried before. I've been, you know, dating, I, I've used the, the apps a little bit and, and just generally meeting people. And I think at, at this point in my life, that's a, that's the place where I want to be at, where I'm just, um, you know, keeping my mind open and I'm not thinking about the future. I'm thinking about the present and it's going to be different for everybody. Um, I'm 23. Some people, you know, are already married. Some people are considering getting married. Some people don't want to be married at all. I mean, it it just depends on who you are. But, um, for me, it's sort of changed my perspective to, um, I guess you always grow up thinking, I guess the way I grew up was, was I was always thinking, you know, I need to find my, my person in college and then, you know, I'll marry that person and then it'll move on. But that's not necessarily how my life, you know, now that I'm older, I want it to go. I think I'm just going to take things day by day. And, and I think that's just a, a change of perspective that I have realized, you know, as I've dated um, or seen people romantically over the years. Yeah, I, I can sum that up for you. Um, ladies, if you didn't hear that, any single ladies in Alpharetta, Georgia area, <laughs> um, Stephen is single and ready to mingle. He's here for a good time, not a long time. Stephen is down. <laughs> I'm not even going to say it. I'm not, I'm not going to finish that sentence. Stephen, I got you. I know at least four four chicks are going to hit you up easily. I mean, we're, we're, we're getting thousands of viewers per episode. We're only growing tenfold each episode. So um, surely someone's, some sweetheart's going to hit you up, okay? So this is the one that goes viral. This, this is, <laughs> what do you mean? They've all gone viral with the, the, the 30 views or less that they've done. You know, we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> uh, you got a question for me about um, relationships with significant others? Yeah, I think um, I think you have a different perspective to offer because um, you know you you've been with your your girlfriend for you know quite a long time, and I think in in a lot of different environments, you know, since in college and and now you know now that you've graduated and, and moved around, and I think yeah. um, I guess just how has um, you know that affected your relationship with her, and you know what kind of hardships has it brought, and, and what things has it made easier you know, that, that you've, um, you know, gone through all these different environments, I guess. That's a, that's a very good question. I would say, uh, while we were, uh, you know, long distance, uh, eight hours or so from, from Alabama to, um, Eastern Kentucky, it was, it was definitely tough. Um, she didn't have a car at the time actually. So it would always be me driving up to meet her which at times put strain on me because it was starting to get frustrating of me always going to her and all that. And I know she couldn't necessarily, you know, get a car right there in that second, but um, it was starting to put a little strain on our relationship. But um, as time passed, you know, there, there would be periods of, I know off the top of my head, one time it was two and a half months where we didn't see each other, which is an extremely long time, at least 
for me um, to not see her. So it it came to where when we were together, you know, the time that we had was more so quality time and just being each other's presence and being in the moment um, where I think a lot of um, relationships that see each other every day, um, you know, that, that whole, that special moment you have with your partner kind of loses its touch over time because you're so used to being around each other. But that quality of Cam's and I relationship has continued to now where uh, she's currently back home and I'm at my mom's to where we're only 10 minutes away from each other. But every time we see each other, it's still that same um, love and, and sense of, you know, spending every second together um, with, with the most, um, potential that we can with, with not worrying about, you know, the next time we're going to see each other and it's going to be two months, but still having that quality time, you know, just being in the moment, I think has really helped our relationship. So I would say that's kind of what the whole long distance has done for us. It's helped us appreciate the time that we are together. Um, and yeah, I, I would, I would just sum it up there. I could rant about that for a while, but yeah, I bet. I bet. It sounds like it's going great. And I, I love that for y'all. Um, that's amazing. I but, kind of uh, like her. Not really, but. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess just as a quick sidebar from that as well, I, I guess maybe for, um, you know, those people, because I guess you've had it a little both ways now, but those people that haven't necessarily gone through, um, you know, that long distance that, that might, you know, oh my gosh, she keeps wanting to hang out. It's getting too much, that sort of thing. Like what advice do you have to them, you know, to help maybe not take those, those moments for granted because they might not always be there. Well, I will say that if you get to that point, it's, it's more than likely that you, you just don't appreciate that person as much as you want to convince yourself that you do. Um, If you're, if you're starting to get to a point where you're getting annoyed when that person wants to hang out with you, unless it's like every waking moment and it's like the obsessive cleany side, that whole extreme, um, then yeah, it's their fault. But if you are getting annoyed every time that person's reaching out to you, FaceTiming you, calling you or wanting to hang out, then whether you believe it or not, you truly do not value that person as much as you think you do. So you kind of need to reevaluate um, your motives with that person, I would say. At least in my, and this is just my personal viewpoint, um, because I just know some of my buddies in college who, you know, would get annoyed. I'd be hanging out with them, and then a girlfriend would text them, ask if they want to hang out tonight, and they would roll their eyes or, you know, say say something about it. I'm like, bro, like, appreciate your girlfriend being here. You know, like, like I don't I don't see mine for a month or so at a time, and you know, if you guys don't have that spark when you see each other, you know, the butterflies in your stomach when you see each other, then you know. It, I mean, what, what's the point, right? You want to be with someone who you see yourself being with the rest of your life. Are you going to be annoyed waking up next to that person your whole life? I mean, then then what are you doing, you know? That doesn't sound too healthy to me. Yeah, definitely. So that, that's my answer. I don't know. Maybe that maybe that's too brutal, but... No, no, I like that answer. I think it, it's honest. And, and I mean, from from you, that who's had it both ways, like I think you would understand well. So that's why I kind of brought it up. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm also too blunt. You gotta understand where I'm, what 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 I've been told. Uh, sometimes I say things people don't want to hear, but that that's my answer. And it's my podcast, so suck it. <laughs> what he says is law. There's that's no right. other answer. <laughs> that's right. It's universal too. It's universal. 
Oh God. All right, Stephen. Next question uh, with uh, relationship with significant others. What has been the biggest obstacle in terms of self-improvement that you've had to make um, since any of your relationships from early adulthood on? Wow. <laughs> That's a hard hitter. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, but, I mean, now you're perfect, obviously, because oh, yeah, I mean, we, totally. we, just, we just know. But um, <laughs> in the past, when you weren't perfect... Yeah, I think uh, my journey for self-improvement, and, and I think, um, you know, in, in my opinion, I don't think that journey should ever end, you know, from, from the moment you, you open your eyes the first time to the moment you close them for the last time. I think you should always be striving, um, you know, to better yourself because you're the only person that can control you um, and, and you make the final, you know, say for things for yourself. So, um I guess just in terms of, you know, relationships, maybe, um, I guess opening myself up, uh, you know, letting myself be vulnerable. I think that's a, probably a pretty basic answer, but I think a lot of people will resonate with it as well. It, it's hard that, you know, it, especially if, 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 you know, you're new to dating and to relationships, um, it's hard to share everything about yourself with one person. And I don't think you have to necessarily, um, you know, share everything right away. I think those things happen over time organically, but um, I guess at least in terms of the people who are thinking about, you know, marriage and, and things one day, I think um, the important things about yourself, you need to, to be able to share. And I think, um, you know, at least for me personally, it, it's, you know, in, in my past relationships, I haven't necessarily, um, you know, given all of that. And I think that's what helped me realize, like, I'm not ready to, you know, be married yet. I might not be ready to be married for, for 10 years. And I might, you know, I might not get married ever. I don't know. I haven't gotten that far yet. And I think that's okay. Um, but I, I guess just in terms of, of actual serious, you know, relationships as opposed to, you know, casual dating, that sort of thing. Um, you know, you have to really be willing to uh, meet the other person somewhere and, and, and give them something to work with and, and, that's something that I've been working on, um, not necessarily even in that context, but with, with my friends too. I think that's something you can practice just with your with your friends is just opening yourself up um, and, and being willing to talk about things and um, work through things. I think that's a that's a hard thing to do, but um, something that I've been working on every day. And you know, whether uh, again, not not necessarily in a relationship, but with you know. A, romantic relationship but with you know my my friendships and my um you know relationships with with the people around me so that that's something that i've had to to learn and work on for sure yeah well and then especially even when you get past the whole heartbreaking stage um you know you realize that a relationship unlocked a new new part of you or that person um you know kind of kind of helped you figure out values in the future that you do or do not want in a partner um, and taking a relationship, you know, whether it was a good or bad relationship, uh, try to think of it as, um, you know, a way to learn more about yourself and that person kind of helping you realize new parts about yourself. I think it's a, I think it's a beautiful thing. I mean, granted, it's a very hard pill to swallow when you and someone break up um, especially if you've been dating for a while, but at the same time, it's really helping your future self, um, you know, take the lessons or 
the values that you you learned over that relationship and using it for good in the future. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm totally with you there. Hundred percent agree. I think you know, you remember the good and you learn from mm-hmm. the bad. And I think you know uh, it, it's it sucks to you know at the time, but um, I'm I'm always kind of under that philosophy that you know you learn more from your uh, mistakes or from your shortcomings or from your bad experiences, you know, than necessarily being comfortable and you know having your good experiences. I think the more of those that that you you know have to endure as hard as it is the the stronger you get as a person and the more um you know the less those occur and the more those those comfortable situations arise and um you have those so i think it it, it stinks at first it's gonna stink it's gonna stink for for everybody um if you know a relationship ends um you know on both sides whether you know who broke up with who it might hit you at different times but it's gonna suck somehow and you just have to learn from it and realize that that person taught you so much about yourself that you didn't know. Absolutely, man. hundred percent agree with you. Steven, do you have um, maybe one last question you want to ask me and then we'll wrap this up. What's like the best way that you found, um, you know, that, that you keep up with, with these, you know, these people that you want to continue to sure. have a close relationship with, but they're not necessarily uh, with you all the time. What's like, what are your, your methods for keeping in contact? Um, yeah, I mean, and like I said before, there's people who need to be caught up with, um, you know, let's say once every other week. And there's some people who I can occasionally comment on social media posts and then, you know, call once every two months or something. But, um, really it's just kind of, um, shooting that person a text and saying, Hey man, I'm thinking of you or Hey, so-and-so thinking of you, hope all is well. And then, Instead of the response being, oh, yeah, man, all is well here. Hope same for you. And then that's kind of the end of the conversation. I try to keep it um, to where it's kind of forcing a response, like telling them what's been going on with me through a text. So at least they, if they respond with, oh, I'm doing okay, man, then at least, you know, you tried and put in what um, – put the response that you knew would uh, be more beneficial to carry on a conversation. So I just kind of – lay it out, tell them what's up and then, um, do that. And then say, we gotta, we gotta catch up soon. And then I tell them my availability kind of, unfortunately there was some audio delay with the last two minutes or so with Steven. So I had to abruptly edit it there, but thank you guys again so much for listening to another episode of let's talk twenties. Um, share with your friends, let people know about it. Uh, I, I really enjoy the feedback that I get from uh, people texting me or reaching out to me and saying that they like it or things that they want me to try in the future. So just let me know. Uh, Thank you guys again. Appreciate every single one of you listening and uh, talk to you later. See ya.